What's happening, family? What's going on? How's how, how's everybody doing? Uh, you know, it's one of those one of those days, one of those situations that you know a lot of people may feel kind of down on themselves, or there are some people that actually feel pretty good about themselves. You know that. And it's not of a moment when you realize that the end of the week actually hits. You know, that's when you start to feel a little confident. You know, you made it through and that week is over. You get to enjoy some time off. And then the next thing you know, the new week starts back up again. And you, you start to feel a little down, a little depressed because you have to do this all over again because you don't know what type of challenges come to, comes through again or, you know, it may turn out to be a bad week so we're anticipating more than what we know at the giving moment so sometimes I think it's just important that you just sit back and kind of just take in what we can take in now, I know there are times that I've actually felt like, well, if I do, and if I actually start off a new week, I don't know what's going to do to me. I don't know what it will actually do to affect me. And sometimes I'll just be thinking of ways just to, just to call off. I do. But tough skin that I have... I tough it out and I, I I battle out my week work whatever else you know and everybody seems to tend to look out and try to uh, take a shortcut in life where hard work really determines your outcome of your success and that depresses a lot of people, which is which is normal. But the main question that you have to ask yourself is, how are you really going to strategize? You know, you're becoming, you know, a successful person. How are you going to overcome your depression? How are you going to, you know, overcome your anxiety? How are you just going to overcome everything that you're dealing with? It's tough. It's tough. Just take it one day at a time. For me, I want to be able to be a, a successful entrepreneur. I want to be able to do things on my own term. I want to be financially free. And I'm pretty sure that 90% of people probably feel that way too, but then you got some people that actually feel like that they can still work a nine to five and feel good about it. Take advantage of the benefits, work at the same job for old oh, 20 plus years. Everybody has everybody has a different way of thinking. Me, I just am a entrepreneur mindset, wanting to do things on my own to be financially free. So I could be able to enjoy myself and I can retire early. 
you know, and that stuff do takes hard work. Please believe that it, it, it takes hard work. It takes hard work. So it's, it's one of those journeys that you have to kind of sit down and think about because some of that stuff is long plan and it really do take a toll on what you believe and what you think. So, you know, just know and understand that there are resources. It may not be a lot of resources to get that type of help, but they're out there. You know, just take it one day at a time. Take it one day at a time. All right, so welcome back. Breaking Mental Health with Daryl. I am your host, Daryl. Uh, thank you for taking this time to spend with me. There could be millions of other podcasts. There are millions of mental health podcasts, but you choose to spend it with me. You could be spending it with somebody else, too. But I appreciate the time that you spend with me. So let's get to this. Let's do the third part of uh, drugs and mental health. So I continued, well, I actually um, was reading off to rethink mental health um, PDF article. It's a rethink, uh, I'm sorry, rethink mental illness. I'm just reading from the different uh, different drugs that they have even though there's plenty more it's not really there but the main ones that they discussed on here is what I've actually shared with y'all on this podcast so the bigger question that a lot of people ask when it comes to getting help and stuff like that is how can I get help? So if you have a mental illness and use drugs, the NHS may call this dual diagnosis or co-occurring co-occurring diagnosis. Your local NHS trust may have a policy that says how they will help people with dual diagnosis. Check on their website to see if you can find find out more about what to expect locally. Uh, if you are not already getting help with your mental health from your local mental health team, uh, a good first step is to make an appointment to see your GP. Uh, your GP may offer you medication and therapy to treat your mental illness. They may refer you to a drug and alcohol service to help with your drug use. If your needs are too complicated for your GP to deal with alone, you might need more uh, specialist support. A GP can refer you to your local mental health service or community health uh, team. Uh, they should offer the support and work with drug and alcohol services to give you all the help you need. The department of health and social care says that people with dual diagnosis are a key group of people who should get help from mental health services. 
You should not be stopped from getting help if you have a drug or alcohol problem and severe mental illness. So, last week I was mentioning a uh, commercial that I saw uh, on TV, and I couldn't remember exactly what it was, and now that I've seen it, I know what it's called. It was called Groups Recovery. Uh, They have a hotline, uh, not a hotline, well, a hotline too, but they also have a website, www.groupsrecovery.com slash addiction slash hotline. Um... They offer 24-7 availability of help and stuff like that. They have somebody there. Um, they meet once a week and uh, they give treatments and stuff like that. It, it, it looks pretty good on the behalf that I saw it. But um, at the same time, being an addict, you know, it, it, it can be a, uh, a uh, serious thing. So... Um, they accept insurances and stuff like that so anybody that has insurance they accept them now if you don't have insurance I'm not 100% sure but from what I had saw it looked like they also just accept you know they actually not only accept insurance but they probably accept if they don't have insurance either because pretty much I'm not going to say by law but technically speaking nobody should be able to turn down people that needs help that is what i would say the rule of the thumb nobody should be actually being turned down from getting help of any type of addiction whatsoever nobody so if somebody actually do get turned down then something's wrong with that picture believe it or not so yeah it was called groups recovery uh, i've seen it on tv um i know a lot of people don't like to take words from different things like that and i understand that so i would recommend that anybody that feel that way should actually be able to do their own research um rather than in their own local uh local state community and anything like that they should be able to get the proper help that they need but when i seen groups recovery i thought they was pretty good um based off of um uh what they show on the commercials but of course they always gonna show the good things they're never gonna do the behind the scenes or what you've actually experienced on the inside so um i just thought i'd bring that up so um i think they have like different types of uh things also which is uh uh care program approach with cpa uh the national institute for health and care excellence which is what they say in parentheses or shortened for nice uh produces guidance for the nhs and other organizations responsible for people's health and care they say that people who have a severe mental illness and drug or alcohol problem should get help under the CARE program approach. Uh, the CPA is a framework that the NHS uses to plan someone's long-term care. Under the CPA, you will have a CARE co-coordinator 
to plan your care. They will help to write a care plan. This should account for all the different needs you might have, such as social care, housing, and physical health. Nice also say that you should be able to give your views on the care plan to make sure that it meets your needs. And the care plan should be shared with your cares or family if you agree. You can also read the NICE guidance online at uh, www.nice.org, of course, in the UK, UK slash guidance slash NG58. So I'm starting to believe that most of this stuff here is also for the UK. So for the United States, like I said, I mentioned uh, groups recovery. I think that'll be one of the other ones that you will uh, be able to look at. Uh, addiction rehab centers, I, I believe is another one, but that's local here in Indiana. Uh, www.addictionrehabcenters.com. I believe that was phone number two. That could be right. Uh, let's see here. Well, they don't have it right off the bat. Not, not in this case. They really don't have. Well, they have an address. Uh, 7322 Noel Road, located in Indianapolis, Indiana, 46278. Now, if you actually search that in the Google search, I'm pretty sure the phone number will pop up. But they also have a uh, 844 number. You can call uh, 844-490-1399. Um, that's just the 844 number. Um, I thought they had a uh, actual local number. But yeah, put that address into the search. Wherever you use the search, uh, 7322 Noel Road in Indianapolis, Indiana, 46278. It should be able to uh, give you some kind of phone number locally. If not, you'll probably be able to get in contact with somebody that actually do have the local number. Uh, Recovery Centers of America also have one. Uh, www.recoverycentersofamerica.com There are a lot of things. You can just type it in the search. Because that's what I'm doing right now. I'm literally looking through the search and, and I'm seeing all of this. You just type in on the Google search drug addiction help in the U.S. And they give different types of uh, online uh, help. And you can be able to follow the steps, steps from there. Now, advertisements play a big role in this too. So, see an ad pop up, boom, based on business. So, um, keep that in mind. Just keep that in mind. Not saying it's bad, but sometimes the business do need to get out. And it could be worth it. Experience could be worth it. So, just bear that in mind. Uh, there may be a team in your area which helps people with dual diagnosis. It is sometimes called a dual diagnosis team. However, not all areas of the country have them, and it may have a different name. If there isn't one in your area, you could try contacting your local community mental health team 
for help. However, you will need to be referred to the CEOHT by your GP. As well as NHS services, you could try contacting local charities. Many charities have support services or support groups for people struggling with substances, uh, substance misuse. You can find some national charities listed in the useful contact sections below. So you can find more information about the NHS mental, uh, mental health teams, uh, worried about your mental health uh, care program approach at www.rethink.org or call the general inquiries team. This is the UK number. So I know for a fact that I have some UK listeners. Call the number of 0121-522-7007. Once again, 10, I mean 0121-522-7007. I'm just going to throw a small little disclaimer. It has nothing to do with this, but I'm just going to throw a small disclaimer out there. I just want to apologize. If I really sound messed up, stuttering badly, it's because I'm tired. It's because I'm tired. And... Um, I'm having a hard time uh, not focusing because I'm so tired. So just forgive me for that. I apologize. Uh, what can I do if I have problems trying to get help? Uh, some people with dual diagnosis have told us that it has been difficult to get the help they need. So for example, you may have been told that the mental health services cannot help you because of because of your drinking or drug problem. That's something that should not happen. Period. But it can be understandable, especially how much of a threat a person can be if they have too much to drink or if they had too much drugs in their system. It could be a violent turn for the worse. So it depends on how things can act, but Really, in reality, technically, you're not really supposed to be turning people down like that. But the Department of Health and Social Care is very clear that mental health services should try to help you if you have dual diagnosis. The NICE also say that you should not be turned away from mental health services because you have a drug or alcohol problem. Boom, I touched up on it. So what if I am a carer or a friend or a relative? Supporting someone struggling with dual diagnosis, I just realized I repeated that part, just read that whole part again. It might help to speak to the person that you're helping to see what support they want. For example, some people might just want someone to talk with. Other people might want more practical help, such as booking appointments or helping them speak to professionals. We are with you in at FAM are two charities that offer support and advice to relatives, friends and carers who struggle, who are struggling, well, let me not say that, of those struggling with substance misuse. You can find the contact details in the useful contact section below. You might also feel that you need support for yourself. Uh, NICE says that carers who support someone with dual diagnosis should be offered a carer's assessment under the CARE Act of 2014. You may be able to give practical support to help you with the caring responsibilities. NICE also says you should 
if you are caring for someone with dual diagnosis, you can be involved in their care planning and work with services to help those services improve. But this can only happen if the person you care for wants you to be involved. Speak to the mental health team if you have ideas about what services should be available or how things could work better. You can find more information about supporting someone with a mental illness, carers assessment and support planning, confidentiality for carers, friends and relatives. Of course, rethink.org, call the general inquiries team 0121-522-7007. Now they also have a drink line I did, uh, alcohol, um, few episodes back I think I did a three-part series on that too but they have that on there uh most like I said everything is pretty much based on the UK here and I mentioned some of some of the uh, helps that is here in the United States and it's not in a state itself but I did mention something in Indiana so um bear in mind of what I put and what I said on this podcast, but you also go into the search and just type it in, uh, drug addiction help in the U.S. And you'll find some pretty decent information on what you can find on there, too. Now, I'm 21 minutes in into this podcast. And I want to read something here that I'm going to call their attention to. Now, three years ago, uh, the world lost a rapper named Mac Miller. Uh, Mac Miller had overdosed on some drugs. Accidentally. Let's put it like that. Uh, He died of accidental overdose. And so... A few days ago, an article came out on Fox News saying an Arizona man agrees to plead guilty to supplying Mac Miller with fentanyl laced counterfeit pills. So apparently he had died of that uh, three years ago in his Los Angeles apartment. An Arizona man has agreed to plead guilty to supplying counterfeit pills laced with fentanyl to Mac Miller just two days before the 26-year-old rapper overdosed in September of 2018. According to the U.S. Attorney's Office of the Central Di- District of California, uh, Ryan Michael Rivas, uh, 38, will plead guilty to one count of distribution of fentanyl, a dangerous opioid that is up to 50 times stronger than heroin. According to the plea agreement, Rivas supplied counterfeit oxycodone or oxycodone pills to co-defendant Cameron James Pettit, who then sold them to Mac Miller. Now, I think he also had to plead guilty to uh, James Pettit, uh, Cameron James Pettit. Uh, Revis supplied the drugs at the direction of 48-year-old Stephen Andrew Walter, who was also recently, nope, it was him, sorry, uh, who was also recently agreed to plead guilty to distribution of the fentanyl, according to prosecutors. Uh, Pettis case is still pending. Uh, the Lake Havasu City Police Department arrested Revis during a search warrant 
with the DEA in September 2019. Authorities found a physician prescription pad, prescription-only pills, a 9mm pistol, and two shotguns in his possession. Reeves and Walters' guilty pleas are expected in the coming weeks. Uh, Mac Miller, whose real name is Malcolm James Myers McCormick, was found unresponsive in his Los Angeles apartment on September 7, 2018, which was roughly two days after he was sold the drugs. An autopsy concluded that the rapper's death was caused by a combination of alcohol, cocaine, and fentanyl. Uh, his sixth album, Circles, was released after his death in January 2020. A 2014 mixtape, Faces, was recently released for the first time on streaming services. Uh, the opioid crisis has exploded over the last couple of decades with overdose deaths from opioids increasing six-fold since 1999 to nearly 50,000 in 2019. Fentanyl is responsible for the latest wave of the crisis, as synthetic opioids accounted for nearly 73% of all opioid-involved deaths in 2019 according to the CDC. Now, let's keep in mind that uh, Mac Miller, um, Mac Miller was only 26 years old when he uh, overdosed, passed away of the overdose, accidental overdose. Now, he has admitted quite a few things. Uh, he has spoke openly about his struggle with substance abuse and depression. Uh, to manage the stress during his Macaladetic tour in 2012, I could have botched that, uh, Miller began taking promethazine. I want to say it's promethazine. Uh, let's, uh, let's dig into that real quick. Uh, hang on. Before we do all that. Um. Yeah, he was. He began taking promethazine, and later became addicted to lean. Now, promethazine uh, is a first-generation antihistamine and antipsychotic used to treat allergies, insomnia, and nausea. Uh, it was once widely used as antipsychotic though it was generally not used for the purpose now. It has approximately one-tenth of the antipsychotic strength of chlorpromazine. It may also help with symptoms associated with a common cold. It may also be used for sedating people who are agitated or anxious. Promethazine is available by mouth in syrup or tablet dosage forms as a rectal suppository or by injection into a muscle. That's pretty much a breakdown of what promethazine is. A military complex in January 2013. I love mean, well, I quote, I love lean, it's great. I was not happy and I was on lean very heavy. I was so effed up all the time, it was bad. My friends couldn't even look at me the same. I was lost, end quote. He quit taking promethazine in November of 2012 
before shooting his reality show, Mac Miller and the Most Dope Family. In 2014, Miller was taking drugs daily. Wow, just lost my spot. Ah, here we go. It felt that the final track on Faces, grand finale, was supposed to be the last song he made on Earth. Recounting that period on the Billboard in August of 2015, Miller was definitely way healthier, but not completely sober. After stating he hated being sober, in a February 2016 documentary, Miller had became sober for three months by October of 2016, noting his better mood and maintained creativity. However, when asked about his sobriety in April of 2017, Miller said he was now living regularly. Now, that's what drugs do to you. This, that is exactly what drugs do to you. And when we all sit and we have to reform ourselves, we think about a lot of things. Everybody knows the consequence of what happens when we do drugs and we get addicted to it. We all know the consequence, you know, and Mac Miller did the best he could to uh, stay sober. But sometimes being sober is really is really not the same for people. They have to live on that drug. They have to be addicted to that drug. You know. Now believe that drugs are not the only thing that could really actually interfere with addictions. Getting yourself into a relationship and then your significant partner dumps you for whatever reason. That could lead your right into doing drugs, alcohol. You say I did me. Put myself into a predicament that Hey, my life's already messed up. I don't know what the hell I did wrong. So let me just go on and just, you know, just enjoy some alcohol and be relaxed and I'll go ahead and enjoy myself. Didn't necessarily work out for me like that. Gained a lot of weight, became very moody, you know, but I had a support system that actually sat down and was with me the whole entire time. You know, then I had my job, you know, at the time working at Lucas Oil Stadium. It still stressed me out, but it kept my mind off of a lot of things. Um, you know, if if I actually stay focused on that then things would have been a lot more different in the way that I would have approached alcohol when it came to my relationship being coming to an end like that. But I've always said this before, a lot of people have different thinking when it comes to addictions. It's the same, but everybody's approach is differently. You know, so, 
with Mac Miller and how he handled his situation of um, with drugs, he when he died, he actually, of course, died of accidental overdose. But he had not only drugs in his system, but he also had alcohol in his system. Plenty OD. The drugs and alcohol, it's just like oil and water. You don't mix them. It, it, it turns into a very dangerous situation. So when you mix oil and water, it's just right the equivalent to drugs and alcohol. Dangerous things happen when you do that. It's a never a good thing. But bringing awareness on what it, what this does to people. Mac Miller happens to be one of them. So this is what was happening on the day he died. So on, on September 7th of 2018, Miller was found unresponsive in his Studio City home by his personal assistant, who called 911 and performed CPR until paramedics arrived. Uh, Miller was pronounced dead at the scene at 11.51 a.m. Pacific, Pacific time. So that would be probably 2, 51 p.m. My time living in Indiana, Eastern Standard Time. Uh, he had been scheduled for a video shoot on the day of his death and was to embark on his swimming tour in October. Had plans, but that overdose had different stories. You, you see how disappointing that is? It's always that saying, you... The people that died today had plans for tomorrow. And the people that died today had plans for tomorrow. You know, it's a sad situation. And Mac Miller was one of them. That was a very sad situation. And DMX was another one. He OD on drugs. A very sad situation. Very sad situation. He he was addicted to drugs too. You know, but like always, he was always doing his best to stay sober. You know, he attended church. He believed in God. His faith was leading him in the right directions. But I also feel that the support system was just not the same for him. I felt that if DMX had a better support system, I really believe that DMX would be alive today. But I can't really speak on that. It's just an opinion of mine. But that's what I truly believe. And then you got Shock G, the rapper. He also OD. 
Now, I'm not sure if he was actually addicted to drugs, but he was overdosed. And Shock G was also the rapper that also did the song, uh, The Humpty Dance. That the, the most famous song in the world, you know, and he was only 57. DMX was 49. So young. Think about that. Mac Miller, 26. DMX, 49. And Shock G, 57. It's not enough that the, that drugs are really the vocal point of healing a lot of things, but at the same time, killing people. That's why they always say, when you take prescription drugs, be careful how you take them. Because you could overdose. They could cause you problems in the long run. It could do that. So, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a terrible situation to look at. And I think it's important when we bring the awareness of what these drugs can do to you, I think... I think that everybody that does a podcast on mental health is that bigger step to finding out the smaller problems because the smaller, the bigger problem is mental health, is your mental health, but you have to find the foundation of your problem. What is that problem? Are you addicted to something? Are you addicted to drugs, alcohol? Or are you suffering from depression or, or anxiety? Or do you have a mental illness? It could break into three different parts. It could be all three. It could be one of the three. It could be two of the three. It could be anything. But finding the foundation to the problem is always the manufacturing key to unlocking the bigger doors to the problem. I truly believe that. Now, a lot of people may not believe that, but I truly believe that when you are actually digging in to find the foundation of the problem, because you know mental health is there, but to dig in deeper to find the foundation, that's why I was at the end of the podcast. When it comes to listening, you're one step closer to bring in awareness. Because to me, that's what it that's what it feels like to me. You gotta find the foundation to know what the situation is. So when you find that situation, when you find that problem, hear them out. Talk, 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 talk. Because they're gonna talk. They're going to talk to anybody that is willing to listen. You could be saving their lives just by listening. And maybe, maybe finding a solution. You may not be that good at finding the solution. You don't have to be. But just listening and saying, hey, saying the simple things, hey, just stay back. You know, you know, we're gonna be there for you. We're gonna help you out. But you know, you you, you got to you gotta stay low on you know, the drugs or the alcohol or anything like that. But, 
when it comes down to somebody being depressed or having anxiety, they say, oh, I'm so anxious. I have this anxiety uh, performing or, you know, I just don't feel good. I never felt 100% in my life because my life is, is, is just so dull and all of this. Then you got those, let me not, let me not say it. You got people that do not have the clear understanding of mental health. It's like, you know, it's all in your head. You know, you have a lot to be grateful for. Well, let me explain something to you. That's unhelpful. Period. For those people that say things like that, really don't grasp the understanding of mental health. They don't. When you got people that are dealing with mental things, mental issues, and you ain't heard from them, call them. Check on your people. Because that addiction could be 10 times worse. That anxiety could be 10 times worse. The depression could be 10 times worse. Mental illness could be 10 times worse. Check on your peoples. A lot of people may not face that challenge. They may not want to face that challenge, but I think it's also important that people check on their peoples. That's important to me. But that's all I have for Breaking Mental Health with Duro. I'm ending the part three discussion of um, drugs and mental health. But thank you for joining, joining in, listening. I am Duro. I'm on social media, so you can just follow me. Uh, Twitter at Love University, Instagram at Love University. You just want to go on and follow me on Facebook, Daryl Watts the Second. But make sure it's Daryl Watts the Second, not Daryl Watts. Daryl Watts the Second. And follow me and support my podcast. Support my podcast. I'm trying to build an empire on this. I really am. And I appreciate everybody that actually do sit down, take the time, listen to me. I really appreciate it. Next week, I'm going to discuss um, betrayal and mental health. It's going to be an interesting one. Betrayal and mental health. So stay tuned next week. I thought I'd discuss betrayal and mental health. But until then, stay true to yourself. And always remember, when it comes, oh, God, folks, it's time to rest. When it comes down to listening, you are one step closer to bringing awareness. Let's go.